This episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Make sure you visit HelloFresh.com and check out their great offerings that they have for you. Their chefs work to make meals specific for you, great for you. They use farm fresh ingredients shipped straight to your door, all for you. It's a meal that you can prepare in 35 minutes or less, and all you have to do is point your browser to HelloFresh.com. And when you check out, use the code MAJOR50. That's MAJOR50 at HelloFresh.com for 50% off your first weekly order. Thanks, HelloFresh, for sponsoring this episode of Major Spoilers Podcast. This week's Major Spoilers Podcast is brought to you by the following fine and faithful spoilerites. Olin Luttrell, Vern Wells, Ruperto Lawson, Andrew Irwin, Matthias Hartweit, Kevin Hall, Daniel Shaughnessy, John Donahue, Joel A. Moroni, Lauren Fair, Dominic Lafford, Craig Brigman, Michael Kaiser, Fisher Millard, <laughs> Aaron Barnes, Joseph Benqual, Tony Jacobson, Blake Dumas, Doug Hopkins, Steve Jukas, Nathan Olson, Jorge M. Taranji, Hannah Jones, Jeffrey Domingo, Ramiro Barrera Palma, Christopher Singer, Michael Madrid, Ahmad Abed El Haziz, Daniel Meehan, and Gregory McCausland. Fine and faithful spoilerites, all we'd love to have your name join them in the hallowed ranks of spoilerosity, which would mean a future major spoilers production could go out to you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue... This here podcast is called the Major Spoilers Podcast. Comes from a website about spoilers, and they're major. But the Major Spoilers Podcast is not the name of the website. That's just the name of the podcast, and that's why we call the podcast the Major Spoilers Podcast. And if you listen to that podcast, that's good. But if you share that podcast, then your friend shares that podcast. We'll both think you're awesome. And if everybody shares that podcast, if every single one of you listening right now shares that podcast with a friend, well, friends, they just might think it's a movement. And that's what it is, a major spoilers podcast, because we love comics and you do too, movement. And all you got to do is sing it along when it comes around on the guitar with feeling. So we'll just wait for it to come around on the guitar here and sing when it does. Here it comes. Because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 578 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. And hey, thanks everybody for supporting us by using that Amazon link over at Majorspoilers.com. There have been a lot of people who've been sharing some of the very cool things that they've been purchasing over on Twitter. And uh, I really get a kick out of people that are <laughs> buying Munchkin products or Dungeons mm -hmm. and Dragons products or uh, hair berets or whatever that you're buying. Uh, doesn't matter what you're buying um, because you're going to pay the same price. A little bit comes our way and allows us to keep fine shows like the Major Spoilers podcast going week after week after week after week. How are you doing no, this week, hurt. Rodrigo? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Keeping yeah. busy in this hot weather? Oh, yeah. I think it got it got all the way up to 100 degrees today out here. 103, yeah, yeah for oh, us. There you go. So, yeah. What about you, Zach? Keeping uh, cool there? Yeah, you know. In your little shed? Do they have air conditioning out, in your out. shed? They have air conditioning? Yeah, they do. Okay, well, it's that's nice. good. Excellent. Yeah. And then there's Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Hey, only 92 degrees on this side of the state. But it's a humid, 
you guys don't do the humid. Well, we get a little bit, not as much as uh, as, as on that side there's, of the state. There's no liquid in Western Kansas, is what's the problem. Did you guys check out the new Guardians of the Galaxy trailer? Yes, very much. It's so. the international trailer came yeah. out um, late last night or today. I don't mm-hmm. remember when mm-hmm. exactly. But uh, man, lots of Rocket Raccoon action in that trailer, Zach. Yeah, we're getting a lot of a little bit of more of different characters instead of just uh, Star Lord. Yeah, in this trailer. Well, at least we get to see a little bit more of the origin of Star Lord in here, right. where he's uh, abducted from Earth, and mm-hmm. then uh, I thought that there was a lot of Ra- Rocket there Raccoon was. in this piece, more than I thought. And there hasn't really been him and Groot have kind of shown face, but never really mm-hmm. voiced their characters. Yeah. And this, we actually get both of them speaking. Right. And I think there's Does a lot Groot of say yes. He says, "I am Groot." I'm Groot. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of real interaction. I mean, people are like, "Oh, there's a talking raccoon in this movie. How dumb is that going to be?" And then you watch it, and it's like they put a lot of personality into it through mm-hmm. the animation. Uh, the voice acting is what Bradley Cooper Bradley on Cooper. that. He does a great job in that. Um, I maybe changed my mind on Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm starting to really get jazzed up about oh, you this. Didn't, you didn't expect that it was going to be any good. I thought it was just going to be played off as pure comedy. This plays no. it off as not as much comedy, more of. And I think what makes this trailer work from last week when we were talking about it or a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about it, I think what makes this trailer work is it's got the more tongue-in-cheek feel of the Iron Man movie with all the action of the Iron Man movie mm-hmm. in this cut of the trailer. And, and that's and that's I think that's what the movie's going to be. I've been I've been saying this for a while that yeah, yeah, yeah. we they took all the comedy in the movie and put it in the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just yep. so people would be like, "Oh, this movie going to be funny." But it's not. It's going to be a Marvel action movie. Which are plenty funny. I mean, if you sure. think there's like really funny stuff in Thor, really funny stuff in Iron Man, Captain America, all that stuff has mm-hmm. uh, plenty of comedy, but they're action movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think wait. that's Glenn Close. Yeah, I think which so. Is, which is, that's terrifying to me. No, that's... Because uh, Glenn... That's uh, C... Ro- what's his name? C. Robert. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Steven. Glenn I, think Close. I think they're both in the trailer, Steven. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Glenn Close is in the trailer, which is fascinating to me because she's one of those super actory actors from my childhood, and I'm like, Ooh. yeah, remember when she was in Hook? Yeah, sure. Uh, she was in. She and, was in. She was Cruella Deville. Yep, she was that too. So go check out Fine, that international trailer. It looks. Fear. It looks uh, really yes. good. A little bit of a news rumor. We don't. I mean, this is uh, starting to become a little bit more solid. But Nikki Fink over at her website, NikkiFink.com, last week on Thursday. Uh, She launched her new website and came out and said, hey, I know what all the movies are that DC is planning. Warner Brothers and DC are planning all the way through 2018. And they go like this. May of 2016, Batman versus Superman. July of 2016, Shazam. Uh, Christmas of 2016, Sandman. Uh, May of 2017, Justice League. July of 2017, Wonder Woman. Christmas of 2017, A Flash and Green Lantern team-up movie. And then in May of 2018, Man of Steel 2. What do you think of that lineup, Rodrigo? Now, the Sandman movie isn't part of the overall grouping here. That's the right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt mm-hmm. um, project that has already been announced. We just never knew when a release date was going to be scheduled for that. Right. But uh, let's see. There's Batman and Superman, Shazam, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern. It sounds very exciting. But, yes. and we talked about this a little bit on the uh, VIP live chat, I think. Right, on the weekend. Um if Batman versus Superman colon Dawn of Justice right. <laughs> doesn't fly, like that is going that is like the like the first that's like the base of all of these movies. Mm-hmm. If that mm-hmm. one flops, DC is looking at uh, basically a lot of problems 
coming down the line. Well, and that's, you know, we talked before several episodes ago about the mega movie concept, right? Mm -hmm. Where all of these, and I doubt looking at these, I could see how all of them tie into one another very easily. Sure. It could be one continuous storyline. But on the other hand, they could be very much standalone movies. And I think they're going to, they're going to have to be fully committed on this. I think what makes this really interesting is, um, first of all, I, I trust Nikki Fink a lot better than the news about Jason Momoa being Aquaman mm-hmm. um, that uh, Hit, uh, what is it? Hit, Hit Fix. Hit Fix put out. Um, what's interesting is Kevin Smith kind of cooperated this on uh, one of the Hollywood Babylon episodes. Um, who, what's his co-host name? I keep forgetting. Ralph uh, Garman. Oh, yeah, Ralph Garman pops in and he's like, hey, uh, this came up. Uh, Kevin, have you heard about this? And he's like, well, Yeah. And he's like, Garmin was like, well, why didn't you tell us? He's like, I kind of can't tell you about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I can say that those are the same movies that I've been told. So mm-hmm. um, it looks like this is going to happen. Maybe not in this release date. I mean, we've got San Diego Comic-Con just around the corner, um, but a whole bunch of uh, yeah. movies. What I guess I didn't even realize this until you started listening off again after like the fifth time hearing this, but that's three movies every year. That is three movies every year. Yep. Two for the that's summer. Nuts. Two for the summer. And one for the holiday, which is perfect. I mean, typically, I mean, if you think about it, though, um, most studios are going to have two movies out in the summertime anyway. Big blockbusters. Sure. Um, We did. We've seen Iron Man and Thor come out in the same time. Captain America and 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 Guardians of the Galaxy come out within a couple of months of one another. This is not just one studio. This is like one section of one studio releasing three. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Over a hundred million dollar budgets. Iron Man and Thor came out within three months of one another. Captain America and Guardians of the Galaxy are coming out within a few months of each other. Yeah. So it's in the same. not throwing in a third. That's why DC is going to top Marvel. That's that's the... (laughs) the, the, So I agree with Rodrigo. If Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman flops, they're still going to have... Be in the process of Mm -hmm, completing mm -hmm, two mm -hmm. movies. They have to go with those. They're not going to just shelve those. Right. And they'll be in the process of shooting three more mm-hmm. so there is no if batman yeah, they, flops, can't, they can't back out of it no. and, and i think right now matthew i think they have to make that commitment to uh do wonder woman regardless i think they have to and i think that this is this to me is a good plan because what dc what warner brothers for lack of a better word has here is a plan that is definitely going to require different producers, different directors, a whole different crew on different movies, they are playing into what Warner Brothers' strengths should be. Marvel movies are done kind of by, you know, those same groups of overseeing people. And yes, it does lead to a centralized sort of vision for the films. But I think that Warner Brothers has a a larger resource pool to draw from in terms of making movies and making movies, you know, even if they come out and they're not the greatest movies in the world, they'll make a professional movie that looks really awesome. I hope so. I mean, uh, Fink went on on her website to say that Ryan Reynolds probably will not return as Green Lantern. Right. She did make she yeah. made no comment about Aquaman. That's when Hitfix came up with their theory once again. A lot of people have come up with the theory um, that uh, Momoa would be playing Aquaman. He's denied it Jason. all. Uh, the um, both Momoa, Momoa's camp and Warner Brothers have said, "Well, we're not." They haven't said anything. Yeah, they haven't said anything. And Momoa said he wasn't doing it. For a while. He wasn't involved mm-hmm. in the Justice League movie. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, a lot of people are like, where's Aquaman and all this? Well, I don't know. Maybe he has he has a bigger part to play uh, down the road. I am interested in a team-up movie, though. 
That's kind of interesting. That yeah. is interesting. And it's something that I was really expecting Marvel to do since they since mm. at the end of Avengers, like uh, Tony Stark and uh, Bruce Banner are like, let's go be homeboys somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the next movie is going to be well, Iron and, Man and the Hulk. And Iron Man 3, spoiler alert, I mean, they are teaming up together at, well, at the end of Iron sure. Man 3. Right, right. But, but yeah. Not, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But he's not, in, big... he's not in the movie. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I would imagine that with Captain America 3 and Falcon, you're going to see another buddy team-up movie uh, right, in, right. in the future as well. So this is all yeah. this is all really I'd interesting. I'd be interested to see which character of Green Lantern they go with. John Stewart. It's, would, yeah. It, it yeah. would really have to be. If they're yeah. not throwing Cyborg into the mix. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that Cyborg yeah. is going to appear oh, in um, Batman versus Superman. Oh, that that oh. actor has already been uh, Oh, well, cast. then never yeah. mind. We could very well get a Guy Gardner. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's still going to be uh, John Stewart because, again, yeah. if you're going to cast another white guy as a Green Lantern, people are going to go, well, why not just get Ryan Reynolds, right? right? Sure. So this yeah. time they have to come up with a really distant separation between another white guy as Green Lantern. So they're going to have to go with Jon Stewart because, again, you know what, more, you know people, more people are going to know Jon Stewart. You know what they're than, actually... Uh, than Guy Gardner. Than yeah. Guy Gardner. Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you know what they're probably going to do after the success of Rocket Raccoon? They're just going to make it Gnort. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Chip. Yeah. Chip of Gnort the planet Colvin. Now they're going to yeah. go with that, uh, that Bell one. The, oh, the, the F-sharp bell? The F-sharp bell, yeah. yeah. They are not going to go with the F-sharp <laughs> bell. The F-sharp bell is a high-concept in-joke based is. on knowledge of the Green Lantern franchise. <laughs> they're not going to do that any more than they're going to do. Now, do I think that Gnort would work as a movie? No. No, no. <laughs> would I watch that movie? There actually... Yes! <laughs> there was actually a good... Was it... It must have been Justice League United, or Unlimited, Unlimited. series... Where Gnort had a, a major role in, no, maybe it was Batman. Batman it was Brave pro- and the it was it was the Batman Brave and the Bold. Big Batman Brave and the Bold, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he where he's a, like, he where he's like a dork, yeah, running around. and he was just like, oh, I can't. I do watched it. I'm Mr. Batman. Yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. the first season of uh, Green Lant, the Green Lantern animated series, mm-hmm, and right. Chip is in it. Yeah. And there's like w- there's one episode where he's very prominent, and then he like shows up a couple more times. Oh, cool. Yeah, Castellan is in that too. It'll be yeah. interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this uh, all comes together over the next couple of years. We probably won't have that much longer to wait because, like I said, the San Diego Comic Con is what Fink is pointing to as this is their big announcement uh, during the mm-hmm. Warner Brothers panel. I haven't looked. I don't think uh, the San Diego Comic Con has listed anything yet as far as official um, schedules. But look for that Hall H Warner Brothers presentation, and, and uh, Zach and I, yeah, Zach and I will be camped in front of our computers that it's day, great. Uh, waiting for the big announcement to roll out. So be on the lookout for that. And then finally, Sin City new trailer has arrived. Who's seen it? I just watched a little bit of it. I've never watched the first movie. Zach. So, um, Zach. You know we have a whole podcast just for this. No. No, that podcast is dedicated to watching good movies with some sort of social well, relevance. My wife actually liked the first Sin City. Sin movie. City I thought does she, not qualify. On I thought count. she would. I, I thought that she would not like that movie. And we came out, and she's like, "I thought it was really good." And I was like, Sin, "Okay, cool." Sin yep. City is an adaptation so faithful, yeah, 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 that it's almost not a movie right i mean it's, it's like a motion it, comic book yeah 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 i and mean especially it's, it's with really the, mm-hmm. really like and that's that's like that is the worth of of watching sin city mm-hmm. the sin city movie, which i enjoyed i enjoyed it as an action movie too 
But the real worth of that movie is watching how you can like basically read along with a comic <laughs> and see the panel just reproduced on your screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, for if people are looking yeah, for a faithful comic book, it's really amazing. It's amazing that they did that. It's yeah, amazing yeah. that at no point that they say let's deviate from anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but the trailer looks pretty. I mean, it looks to be looks, much of the it, same. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like the old Sin City too. The uh, the only thing I noticed that was a little bit different is it looks like the the you know the white part of it is a little bit more bloomed out. It has a little bit more mm-hmm. of a glowy, but mm-hmm. that may be because those major scenes were the ones of Jessica Alba dancing on stage. Yeah, I think it depends on the scene. And if you look at if you go back and look at the other one, the 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 dancing scenes have mm-hmm. like those like super blown out mm-hmm. uh, lights in the background. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always the, like, the blood is, like, such a brilliant oh, yeah, yeah. white, white mm-hmm. you know, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, you know the date on that one off the top of your head, Zach? Mm, I think it's August. Right at the end of summer. Uh, yeah, probably, like, August 8th or 15th Yeah, or probably something. before school starts. I'm gonna yeah. Think, so. before, Guardians is first. Before Labor Day. Yeah. Oh, one thing. Yes. Because um, I thought i saw this is one of those characters in the other movie with a different face is that the guy with a different face that they talk about i forget who plays him as this british actor. oh yeah, yeah it was clive owen wasn't it? yeah in clive the first, owen yeah yeah in you, the first movie yeah yeah because his name is dwight isn't mm-hmm. it yeah. so but there's another dwight in this one yeah, so yeah, it's, it's like the Josh same character Brolin, it's, it's like before he gets yeah before he does the face oh, surgery thing because cool. i think that's a whole whole plot in yeah the, whole different uh, story in the piece yeah august 22nd august 22nd there you go Okay, um, you, listeners, you can find even more news over at Majorspoilers.com. So much stuff going on over there. Check out Tuesdays when it becomes Sneak Peek Tuesdays, where <laughs> we have just about every publisher on the planet, except for uh, DC and Marvel because they're wieners, uh, <laughs> sharing, sharing the sneak peeks with us to share with you. And so if you're looking to see what's coming out, maybe you want to see what the new My Little Pony book is looking like this week, or maybe you want to see what's com- going on at our friends at Dynamite or Boom Studios or... IDW hey, Publishing, it's Archie, all there. Archie, Archie has a new character coming out. Yeah, tomorrow, They're making right? a big deal out of it. Yeah, that's the uh, the the um, girl in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Harper nice. is her name. I think so. Yeah, she comes out tomorrow, and I think I was going to open up my email because I think they just sent me the sneak peek late in the day, and I didn't have a chance to put it Oh, up. sorry. I didn't mean to be like, no, no, no. go check it out. <laughs> it's not on the no, site. No, we, we don't have that one up on the site yet. They usually <laughs> send it out like late Tuesday, early Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, be on the lookout Oh, you can that. see uh, covers. We do, have the, the we do have the story about Harper yeah, yeah, yeah. on the website. Yeah. We have we have uh, covers of the new Doctor Who oh, yes. series. Yes. Uh, so Titan Comics is, uh, they've got the Doctor Who franchise, and they are following along just with the TV series and they've got uh, Capaldi, Peter Capaldi on the cover and I didn't I wasn't paying attention when I put up all the covers. Actually, Who's the girl? Is that uh Yeah, that's, that's Clara. Yeah, I believe Clara. Titan is going to be doing concomitant or concurrent series featuring the 10th, 11th oh. and 12th doctors. Oh, okay. So you're going to be able to read all three of the last modern doctors mm-hmm. in comic form at the same time. Yeah. Which I think is brilliant, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Apparently there was, uh, Zach, did you put a story up about Doctor Who set pictures today? No, I wish I would have. Oh, okay. Was there something that happened? Ah, somebody showed uh, the Doctor coming out of a much smaller sized TARDIS than before. Ooh. I didn't have a chance to see it. <gasps> I will have to go look for them. So uh, they be on the lookout. I wonder. Who knows? It'd be interesting. He had to crawl down on his hands and knees or had to... It, uh, it shrunk maybe, in the wash. Maybe... Maybe he left his keys on the inside and he locked it, so he's crawling through the doggy door. 
<laughs> the canine door. Yeah, sure. There you go. All right, listeners, uh. even more stories over at Majorspoilers.com. Also, be sure to check out our members-only site, the Major Spoilers um, VIP. It's members.majorspoilers.com. We've got a lot of people joining up and, and going on uh, over there. We've got a bunch of stuff, bunch of bonus content for those people that are our VIP members. It may be original art. It may be wallpapers. It may be um, bonus tracks. The bonus tracks for this month is Big Trouble in Little China. In July, Matthew and I sat down and we did Ghostbusters for the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters. Um, we've got uh, a bunch of other stuff coming up. And, oh, here's big news. If you're going to go to Nerdtacular 2014 in Salt Lake City, Utah, you will be able to pick up your very own critical hit sketchbook by our own Ooh. Adriana Ferguson. Miss Very Very on Twitter. And we've seen it. It's fantastic. The actual physical copies will be coming our way, I think, next week, early next week, I hope. Um, and we will have uh, some of those for sale there at Nerdtacular. And then when we come back from Nerdtacular, we will have them as a print-on-demand mm -hmm. uh, thing so that you guys can buy your own. But I'm very excited about this. There's a bunch of other things that we will have for sale. We've got some buttons that are there that people will be able to wear. We've got some bookmarks, uh, critical hit bookmarks for people. Nice. Uh, so good, good times at Nerdtacular 2014. Also want to give a shout-out to uh, Jason Inman. He's got a new series going on monthly over at Majorspoilers.com called Inside Astro City with Kurt Busick. Um, he knows Kurt, and the two of them have come up with this idea that they're basically doing a director's commentary, a written commentary, um, for every issue of Astro City. Wow. So be on the lookout for that each month. The the Astro City number 13 came out last week, and so there's a link in the show notes for that. You can also find it over at Majorspoilers.com. So go look uh, go look for that, and, uh, and look for Jason and Ashley's um, Geek History Lesson podcast as well. It's part of the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed, as well as Wayne's Comics, a great interview show, and The Magic Minute. So many podcasts in the Major Ooh. Spoilers Podcast Network. We're glad to bring them all to you. And it's only because of you that we're able to do it week after week after week. So thank everybody. For, thank you, everybody, for your support of the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. Podcast Network. All right. Anything else? Uh, nope. Reviews. Review. I think is everybody's all last week stuff. Mine's uh, this week. Oh, okay. I so Matthew is the only one that has... Uh, issue from last week, Figment number one from Marvel. Aww. One of these, uh, one of these Disney comics or Disney Aww, characters, written by Jim Zub. Yep, uh, art by uh, I can't remember the first name. Felipe Daniel Felipe Reno Del Andrade. It's awesome. I love that name. So this book takes place in 1910. Now the reason that I'm checking this out is because so many of my friends uh, have. Fascinating, happy memories of Figment, which, to my knowledge, was part of either Disneyland or Disney World for many, many years before it was removed. Was that at Epcot? Ep Epcot Center. All right. So this takes place in London in the year 1910. And it kind of reminds me of Stephen talking for the last few years because it takes place at the Academy Scientifica Lucidus. And, of course, it seems to be all about the publish or perish, or in this case, create giant steampunk machinery or perish. Now, when you create giant steampunk machinery, you also kind of tend to perish. But that oh, is and on Sunday, you go worship <laughs> at the parish. Ah, uh, oh, nice. Or like after character. somebody perishes, they hold a service <laughs> at the parish. There you go. You perish in the parish. And if you're a fat guy, your corpse may in fact be perish 
<laughs> Our main character, Blarion Mercurial, is not a fat guy. He is a young cyberpunk guy in a top hat with goggles, which is kind of fascinating. And he is working on something. Um, I'm not entirely sure what it is. An integrated mesmonic convertor. And his integrated mesmonic convertor isn't quite working. And so he has to put it together. He has to figure something out. And what he finally does is he plugs his brain directly into the device and remembers when he was a young boy creating his imaginary friend, a little purple dragon with horns that flew around and was his imaginary friend. Now, you've got a mesmeric brain generator with his brain plugged into it. What do you think happens? The dragon becomes real. Yay! Rodrigo is my friend. Reality ceases to function. No, the dragon becomes real. He names himself Figment because uh, Mercurial tells him that he's just a figment of his imagination. And although he's trying to create energy, generate energy for his school so that he won't get fired, kind of like Peter Venkman in the opening scene of Ghostbusters, which, by the way, here will be our July bonus tracks. It does, in fact, go pear-shaped or perish. And as he (laughs) finally proves that his theory works, using his imagination, he opens a portal to another dimension. Now, when you have a portal to another dimension, one of two things happens. Either something comes through or you go through to the other side. And as this issue fades to black, we see Mercurial and Figment being dragged into the portal and oh my gosh, what's going to happen next issue could be continued. I bet they fly it's around an, in a giant steampunk uh, balloon zeppelin. That could be it. Maybe they go uh, under the sea, like oh, 20,000 leagues, perhaps. I don't know. There's a lot of things that could happen here. I don't know what this book is. Yeah. I like it. I, I wonder. I'm going to have to. I haven't read the issue, but I wonder how much they're going to play off of the. the World Disney of Imagination, properties. Disney, um, you know, the, the, the ride itself, the, the experience that you go into, right. because that's kind I of don't how, because that's kind of how when you go through the, when you, and I think it's still there, when you went through the experience, um, mm-hmm. you're introduced to the professor, you're introduced to the dragon, the dragon takes you on a ride through a big balloon through the world of imagination and mm-hmm. uh, strange things happen. So it'd be interesting if it well, follows the- that storyline. World of Imagination does still exist, from what I understand, but Figment is no longer part of it. That's because Disney tries to kill everybody's childhood. Well, I mean, I was I was going to say it would be interesting if they did a lot of uh, ride exclusive, like park exclusive stuff in this uh, book. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, Disney went through and mined a lot of their more popular rides and turned them into movies. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously, Pirates of the Caribbean being the biggest success, right? But uh, the Haunted Mansion and the Country Bears. Um, getting right. their own thing, but we never got a Tiki Room movie. I think, yes, because of the <laughs> Country Bears, uh, yeah, lack of success. Yeah, um, could be. Yeah, the other one that they had not too long ago was Disney's Kingdoms Seekers of the Weird, um, mm-hmm. which I think that was only like a four issue miniseries. I forget. I don't think it was an ongoing, um, but that was I thought trying to play off of Haunted Mansion as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I do know. That the the ride had references to Disney properties. Uh, the absent-minded professor, I know, was something that got referenced, and there were a couple of things in there. But again, 
this was the 80s. I don't know what's happened since the 80s. Quite frankly, Rodrigo keeps humming my theme song. I think it is 1984 most of the time. But I will tell you that I like this book. The art is interesting. And I don't know if it's a thing now. But it, it looks like it's one of those books where they penciled it and they shot from the pencils. So there's a weird inking style that comes. It looks like it's after the pencils. I really kind of like it. And I keep seeing it in, in comic books from uh, Marvel and DC, but also from Image and Dark Horse. And I really kind of like it. I don't know if it's a production technique or if it's just me overthinking it. But what it really comes down to is this doesn't have a whole lot of story necessarily because basically it's one day a guy wakes up makes a machine his imaginary friend comes to life and they fall in a hole but there's a lot of interesting character work and there's some stuff that feels historically interesting if not historically accurate and i'm thinking that for people who do remember this dragon well this is probably something that you know you can look at from a nostalgia filter oh, as well oh still yeah a good story. the figment is like a huge part of big of- deal kids who went to Disney Disney World Epcot Center when they were when they were younger because that was right. a main that was a main attraction that, that was so it was, Figment is it like, was attached it was attached with the Captain EO uh, experience right. so he's like Pete's dragon to old guys like us uh, well, or or maybe like, the computer war he's, like he's like the new version of Pete's dragon for old people like us you're an old people but I do like it I'm gonna go three slices of meatloaf it's a very fun book it's very interesting Again, you know, if you're if you're looking for a whole lot of plot twists and turns of, of that, not necessarily that kind of adventure story, but a good adventure story nonetheless. I hear they're rebooting Pete's Dragon. They're going to make a new Pete's Dragon movie. Uh, yeah, and you know what they're going to do? He's going to be all scary and terrifying, and and the kid is going to be played by uh, Rob uh, from uh, that one. He's going to be the crazy guy, and it's going to be like he's a psycho, right? And the dragon goes out and starts killing people from his imagination, right? It's a Rob Zombie is who it's going to be. Boom, boom, boom. It's going to be no, Peach Dragon. It was going to be one of uh, Will Smith's kids. Peach yeah. Dragon of a Thousand Corpses. So this week I picked up, and coming out this week in stores, is the last broadcast number two from Boom Studios. Now, Rodrigo, I'm pretty sure you did issue one of that, right, of the yeah. last broadcast. That's the Magician Conspiracy Theory thing. I could have swore somebody reviewed the the first issue of this, uh, but the last broadcast has Ivan trying to track down I don't the think so. the history and tricks of this magician who was killed in like the nineteen thirties, and in the process he discovers this big conspiracy theory. The problem is there are some other people who are also trying to find this exact same vault of information. And this move in this book is kind of told through flashbacks because some big explosion happened. Some people were killed and now supposedly he's in a hospital, although we find out that that's not necessarily the case in this issue and that his life is in extreme jeopardy. It is kind of a neat whodunit. I, um, I guess I get a little bit tangled up because the other book we're reviewing this week is also a f- bunch of flashbacks in it. <laughs> um, but this one jumps back and forth into short amounts of time. Uh, over the last couple of weeks as he's trying to uncover um, this vault and what it attaches to and why these um, people are after it. It's kind of a neat conspiracy theory. I could really see them turning this into a movie of some type. Um, The problem is it kind of takes place in a somewhat dystopian future or dystopian present. It's really hard to tell, Um, but it's it's an interesting book. I like the 
I like the uh, the art. It kind of reminds me of Ben Templesmith a little bit in the way that he's done some of his other other books, um, uh, Thirty Days of Night, uh, that kind of stuff. It's kind of got that watercolory kind of feel to it, but really kind mm-hmm. of a high res version of that. Uh, the the models are are spot on. I did read the first two issues back to back and really got a kick out of it. Um, without really spoiling a, a lot of it, I don't want to spoil a lot of it. Let's just say he gets into trouble in the beginning of the issue and it turns into really big trouble by the end of the issue and it sets up who the bad guy is kind of not unlike starlight did last week um from uh, from image comics and the in- ending of that but uh, uh the last broadcast number two is a really cool story so far i want to see how far they can push it i want to see what happens next i think this is a book you should probably check out i'm giving it four slices of meatloaf it's the last last broadcast number two out this week from Boom Studios. Hmm. Rodrigo, what do you have for us this week? I have this week Damaged, oh. episode zero. You know, when, when these review issues come in, I just see that it's like review, and I just turn around and send it out to people, so I don't mm-hmm. even remember what they are. And when you said Damaged, episode zero, I was like, is this a web series? And there actually is a web series mm-hmm. that I think you would really get a kick out of mm-hmm. on YouTube. It's put out by the same group of people, although it's different creators. It's put out by the same YouTube channel that does Bee and Puppy Cat or whatever the... Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's by Cartoon that, Hangover. Yeah, Cartoon Hangover. Um, and there's this whole series. It's a monthly little series that comes out. It's called, called Damaged. Damaged. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, well, that sounds right up Rodrigo's alley. And I was like, wait a minute. There's no episode zero in this list. Yeah. And then I had to dig a little further and found that uh, it's actually a comic book. It is a comic book. Hooray. Um, so, uh... Damaged episode zero is um, the basically prequel comic to Damaged, Mm -hmm. which is going to be an ongoing series, um, indie, like an independent comic series. Right. um, Which is slated to go for five years. And that's right up front. They're saying over the next five years, we're going to do this series. And this is the ground floor. You get to see kind of what's going to be going on and stuff and what's going to happen. So uh, I'll I'll start by saying that my method of uh, picking out uh, stuff to read for the podcast a lot of the time is um, I see I get an email from Steven from a um, from somebody who wants us to review their book. Right. Um. I will cross-reference whether anybody has already called it. Mm-hmm. Then I will call it, and then I will download and, and open. And somebody else will call it. Well, oh, no, okay. that actually rarely happens, because I kind of specifically try to find the weird ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, I was like, oh, people are talking about this. Nope, there's no way I'm ever going to review an issue of Rat Queens. Like, everybody <laughs> just jumps all over it. Yeah, and apparently that's going to be turned into an animated series. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, Rat that's Queens is doing great. Yeah. Um, and I think Lumberjanes had some extra project attached to it too yeah, so yeah uh, but anyway so yeah uh, like and I, I understand that i'm not ever going to read the, the 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 hot new comics because everybody jumps all over those um so i try to find a lot of the more indie stuff but i usually um will call a comic before i've even looked at it mm-hmm and uh, Damaged Episode Zero is one of the few that makes me kind of regret that MO. Well, and I, you know, 
it is an indie comic. Yeah. Right. So it may be a little more rough around the edges than, and it is. say, and, and, a Marvel comic. Yeah. Book. But but it's not necessarily uh, the art that's the issue. Although the art. Well, story-wise, everything yeah, could be yeah, better. Yeah. Right? The art is a little rough. Um, but there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. Uh, there's just, uh, okay. So damage appears to be the chronicle of the rise and fall of this, of the world's superheroes. There's going, we're going to see a lot of different super powered individuals and kind of their life and times and how they reach their apogee and then fall or whatever. Um, there's going to be crazy stuff, aliens, time travel, super duper technology and all this stuff. And it looks really uh, awesome. But I, I guess what I mean to say is that it looks really awesome. And awesome. Superhero comics. It's something that I'm just so tired of right now. You know, when they're like. Like just the you know the the character's narration is like I have to get to the future so I can stop the past from unraveling the future of the circumstances that started the past in the future. <laughs> and and I don't I I, I mean I, I guess I'm already doing it. I don't I don't want to make fun of the comic because I think that there's lots of people who would be into it. Yeah. This is just like the reason why I kind of wish that I hadn't picked this to review. Mm-hmm. Um, is because this is not in any way something that I'm interested in okay. anymore. Okay. After thousands of crises from DC and Marvel and uh, rising stars mm-hmm. and um, powers and things like that, like I am not up for even self-contained, brutal superhero storylines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of blood like, violence, that kind it, of stuff. It, not even that. There's something about that storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, that really important, like inner monologue storytelling is like, as this was happening, I could have no idea that this happening was going to be the happening that would make things happen later. Right. Right. So I just, I can't handle it. It's like even going back to like the guys who kickstarted this. Mm-hmm. The, this type of storytelling like sometimes I'm just like I can't, right, right, can't right. do this um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go ahead and give this two slices of meatloaf okay. as a way of saying this is probably not as bad as I'm making it out to be Okay, but <laughs> from a personal point of view it's like to a certain degree, it was like if for me I had opened this comic and inside somehow was like a NASCAR race. It's like <laughs> it's just something that I'm really not interested in. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put, give you a challenge, Rodrigo. I want okay. you to take a look at this web comic series. I think you might get a kick out of it. It's called Stand Still, Stay Silent. It's four S's: S S S S Comic dot com. Stand Still, Stay Silent. It's been 90 years after the great cataclysm that ended the old west or the old world. Most of the surviving population of the known world live in Iceland, so it has a very Nordic um, uh, tale to it. But the art looks really, really cool, and I think kind of everybody's kind of a, a very nomadic. Uh, you know, basically let's let's tell stories from 200 years ago if it was kind of might and magic type of stuff. Now, it may you know it may not be totally up your alley. But mm-hmm. I want you to check it out because I've been following it for the last 
oh, a couple of months uh, just checking in here and there. But I'm going to give you the challenge of stand still, stay silent. Yeah, it looks interesting. It's a post-apocalyptic webcomic that doesn't look too heavy. Right. Zach. What's up? Henchman. Yeah, Henchman Inc. Number one from Monkey Brain Comics coming out. Uh, this week. All right. Uh, written by Tim Simmons. Art by Jim McMunn. Letter by Brent Fowler. I say that because I have it up on my screen right now. Uh, He's learning. He's learning. <laughs> this comic, I freaking enjoyed the crap out of. Okay. The premise of this is uh, we start out and this guy's giving this narration, telling the story about his dad, says, kids from our block, they don't ever grow up to be anything special. We all, we all stay on lower we don't become superheroes. We are the people that superheroes beat the crap out of. And you're kind of getting this framing of this superhero towering over these buildings, looking at this this criminal that's peeking out of a uh, uh, a window after stealing some stuff. So you get the idea. Oh, this this guy this guy made good. Mm-hmm. And then he flies through the panel and kicks this dude in the face. Oh yeah. And then and then it just says uh, he was right. I am the guy that got. He's, he's mm-hmm. the guy that got the crap beat out of him. Uh, so what, what, what Hingeman Inc. is about is this guy's trying to get his life turned around. He's been in jail twice. He can't go back again. So he gets hooked up with one of his old crime buddies. And he said, uh, he's, he's trying to figure out what he needs to do. And this guy says, I, I went straight, kind of. I've kind of mm-hmm. gone straight. It's all above board. There's health insurance. There's dental. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. There's a salary. Everything's fine. You just got to be a little lenient on your morals. So obviously, he is. He's just stealing and been in jail and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so this this old this old croony of a guy started this idea called Hinchman Inc., mm-hmm. where the super criminals of this city uh, need to find people to help carry out their plans. To hinch for them. Yeah, to hinch. To hinch. Um, so these are the people. They they have a salary. They get paid better if the supervillains do better jobs. They each have their own costumes for each uh, supervillain. So they have a locker with all their stuff. They go out. They have training. They're trained to get punched once and to fall down and not fight back against the superhero. And then once uh, the superhero just brushes them off because they're not the big person that need to be fighting. They need to be fighting the Superville. They get up and they run away before the cops show up. So no yeah. one gets arrested. Yeah. And they uh, go on to get, collect their paycheck and they go on to uh, do more crimes. I just I just think it's really interesting. It's super... Uh, I mean, you kind of get the flair of superhero comics mm-hmm. without having to follow superhero comics and not following into some of the big tropes of, you know, we get with our superheroes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really dig the art. The art reminded me of a book that came out last year called uh, The End Times of Brahm and Ben. Oh, yeah, 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 it came yeah. out from Image. Mm-hmm. Kind of the character design reminds me of kind of blocky faces. and It's it's super clean, but has that kind of blocky face look to it, which I, 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 I quite enjoyed in this one. Um, no, really big, no really big twists in this issue. I think it's just a solid issue. That sets up the premise for Henchman Inc. I honestly have no idea where it's going to go. It's almost a self-contained story in this first issue. There's no big cliffhangers. You kind of you get the introduction to all the characters. You get a rising action, falling action, resolution. Uh, so I think it's a it's an incredibly good comic experience, and it's only ninety nine cents. Can't beat that. And I think it's like twenty two pages. So, I mean, if if you've liked anything Monkey Brain has been putting out for the last 
two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is right in the wheelhouse of stuff they've put out. So uh, definitely pick this up. And it's only 99 cents. It's not going to cost you a lot. And uh, it's a, I think it's a pretty good read. I'm going to give this four and a half slices of meatloaf. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, Matthew, for your reviews this week. And listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. There are plenty of reviews over there popping up left and right. Always something for everybody. <laughs> Always something to be reviewed at Majorspoilers.com. Indeed. So last week, last week, poor, 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 poor Hermione got her her butt kicked by the Scarlet Witch in our um, witch wizard battle. Which witch is which? This week, our witches are Zatanna Zatara against Hermione. If she can't beat Scarlet Witch, maybe what? she can beat Zatara. Rodrigo, who's going to win this? Why are you making this? this poor little girl fight all these? Well, people? she, you know, it's not it's not single elimination. She beat Sabrina, right? She so are we are we then going to do Sabrina versus? Maybe we'll see. Okay. Uh, she did. She didn't win to Scarlet it's like, Witch. It's like so the she's World over Cup. To, They're yeah, just she's kind over. of in the same group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're in group the A. Group of yeah, Dad. group A. No, I'm sorry, group M for magic. Yeah. So they're in group M, and uh, Hermione <laughs> lost against Scarlet Witch. How does she fare against Satana? Uh, well, I think unlike the Scarlet Witch, uh, Zatanna has an important weakness, which is that she needs to be able to talk. Right now, the same is kind of true for Hermione, although. Uh, from what I've seen, the Harry Potter world is a lot more lenient about stuff like that. Yeah, it is possible to cast without speaking. right, 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 and and she's and she's pretty good at stuff. So mm-hmm. definitely, some of the spells that she knows best, she'd be able to do that. So assuming that she can uh, generate some sort of situation where um, Zatanna can't talk, presumably it would go to Hermione. Um, but once again, when we're talking about raw power, you know, Satana is a terrible character that I hate because they pair her up with superheroes I, in yeah, the same yeah. way that I, well, I don't hate the Scarlet Witch because like I said last time, like you have either the normal Scarlet Witch, which is not that powerful mm-hmm. or the like plot point Scarlet Witch, which is too powerful to be a character that you relate to. Like Zatanna is in the middle of that. She's an incredibly powerful character, and they set her next to Batman. And it's like, why does Batman even need to do anything? Right, right, right. You know, so she is very powerful, and like a lot of super powerful DC characters, has an on-off switch, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which if Hermione can get to, she would then have it. So I'm going to give it to Hermione, because presumably she'd be able to figure that out. Okay. Derek says, you've presented a tough choice here. Again, Hermione is a thinker, and by the end of the series, somewhat of a battle strategist. I don't have a good knowledge of Zatanna. But most of what I know from her comes from the DCAU, the animated series. I did a little research um, on the DC wiki and found that Zatanna must speak her spells and vulnerable to magical enhancements that restrict the power of her magical and uh, magical beings like herself. If Hermione has researched Zatanna before their battle, the win would go to Hermione. Spider Lover says, I think if Hermione can uh, just silence uh, Zatanna, the fight is over. She'd just have to figure out how uh, Rob ended up. What? <laughs> How Rob ended up spitting slugs and this fight is over. I don't know that. Ron. Oh, Ron. Ron. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ron started spitting slugs in the second Harry oh, Potter. Okay. Well, Matthew, who do you think and, is going to win this fight? Well, there is something that I feel uh, that I must address. Oh, really? As this senior nerd in the room. No, no, I'm older than you. Yes, I'm still the senior nerd. <laughs> Zatanna Zatara does not 
have to speak backwards or otherwise to perform her magic. At least up until the last reboot of the universe in 2011. So that said, Satana, simply because the same arguments that you make for the Scarlet Witch, you can make for Satana. If we look at even uh, Hermione at the point where we've ended the whole big blood war against Voldemort and she's what, 1920. She is a graduate of the school of magic. She's very good at what she does. She is a brilliant strategist in some ways. She's very good at doing her math but Satana is a superhero. She is a full-grown woman who knows how to fight, who has greater power and more uh, experience using it in powerful situations. And Satana, likewise, was a very gifted teenage witch herself back in the Silver Age of comics, trying to find her dad, as you'll recall, in her early issues. And since she doesn't have to do I would say that their weaknesses are probably equivalent. So for me, definitely Satana plus when written well, Zatanna is a really fun character to have. The magic character to have, I think, for me, above all others, would be Zatanna. Because Doctor Strange, with the exception of his leading the Defenders, where they're on his turf, Doctor Strange never really fits in with the other heroes to me. Zatanna is not a magician who is a superhero. Zatanna is a superhero who is a magician, and I think that makes a difference. Stellar Leader said, this is a tough one. I really like uh, both characters. And although I think Satana wins in terms of raw power, I also believe Hermione's discipline could give her the upper hand. Uh, okay, I'm going to say that with all with a well-timed apparition and a Petrifus totalist curse, Hermione wins at least the first round. Then probably Satana turns her into an egg and stomps on it. And then that's the way it turns out. Ruscat says, if Satana realizes that Hermione is dependent on her wand as a mystical focus, this fight would be ended very quick with a wand broken hex. Zatanna for the win. George W. said this is tough. I think this match all breaks down to the speed which they can get off their first spell. I think Zatanna might have the raw power here, but we've seen plenty of ways people in Harry Potter universe have had their powers of speech um, turned off. So I think that if Hermione gets off one of those charms, Zatanna is done for. Of course, the reverse is true with Hermione's reliance on her wand actually to perform magic. And if Zatanna disarms her, the fight is just over. Zach, what about you? Yeah, the the one thing is is something that needs to be brought up because like Zatanna has to speak backwards, Hermione does have to channel hers through her wand. Um, so, like people have said, with the first spell getting off, uh, I mean that happens in Harry Potter too. Wizards are uh, will come yeah, together and they'll, they'll fight, duel, yeah. and they'll be able to deflect very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you do the same if you had to speak your spell backwards? So maybe it's a this a thing of can she speak? fast enough backwards to deflect the first spell. Can you use other people's wands in Harry Potter? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So here's here's how it goes. Satana goes, aha, you need your wand. Says, wand go away backwards. And then Hermione <laughs> does that thing where you steal somebody else's wand, right? Yeah. Goes, and then zaps her. Sure. And Hermione really is dressed more appropriately for battles, I feel like, than Zatanna. <laughs> so... Starks Scraps says, I just don't want Hermione to win. Andrea says, Hermione has wisdom as a secondary stat. Great. Great justification. I really just don't want her to win. Hermione has wisdom as a secondary stat. Zatanna has charisma. Uh, so Hermione for the win. Taylor says, I went with Hermione strictly because I'm unaware of Miss Zatara. I went with Zatanna as well. I think she would be able to figure things out fairly quickly. And even if there was a spell aimed at her, I think she would be able to cast that off pretty quickly. Oh, that's good for so her. I went uh, with Zatanna. There's a whole bunch of comments this week 
over at Major Spoilers. And listeners, you can head over there and you can read them all, or you can cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. How does it stand right now, Matthew? Wouldn't charisma be Zatanna's primary stat? Right now, 128 votes in the bag. And as we saw roughly this time last week, I believe, um, actually there may be a little more Hermione this time around, 67% saying Zatanna, 33% Hermione. So she's still outpowered by the superhero mage. Um, I'm finding it more interesting to see the things that people think that a superhero would do to a 15-year-old girl in these combats, um, because really, I think that may say much much about us as readers. There's been a there. There is to a certain degree, like, but also, do you do you remember the uh, like key moment of identity crisis? Yeah, yeah. Ah, like, uh, that's that's true. Like a, a lot of these heroes, like the 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 medium itself, kind of lost its innocence <laughs> in the eighties. And it's very difficult to get it back. Also, in 1984 and 85, Zatanna trained extensively with Batman (laughs) in hand-to-hand combat. Uh, So, you know, that is important to know as well, nerdery. There's actually a pretty good uh, series. It's over there somewhere. Um, Zatanna and Black Canary teaming up in a hardback book that came out not too long ago. Does the the book, does, does it start with them going out shopping for fishnets? No, it doesn't. It actually ends at one of her magic performances and uh, getting ready to go do something. I haven't read it all the way through yet. So. Buy fishnets. To buy fishnets. And unlike Black Canary, I mean, Zatanna's costume containing fishnets doesn't bother me as much because the costume that she's known for is her stage outfit. You know, it's it's what she wears on stage when she's doing her, her sleight of hand magic stuff. And while it is still sexist, don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, defending it on that level. It's sexist for a different reason, I suppose. And at least it's not something that she chose to go into battle, you know, wearing so much as she's wearing most of the time because nobody in superhero comics changes their clothes. You know, if they, if the two well, of them. Well, she did in the 70s where she wore that awful. Yeah, with uh, like that dragon thing headdress on yeah. thing. On you do not mock the I'm George Perez I just said I don't care piece. for it. Oh, I love that costume. Well, you can love that's it. A, I can not cool like it. Costume. I think. I think if with the if, white uh, and the powder blue. Oh, if um, Black Canary and uh, Zatanna and Doctor Frankenfurter uh, <laughs> teamed up, it could just be a uniform. There you go. There you go. That'll be the, their team the uniform. Fishnet brigade. Yep. yep. You know who their fourth team member should be, though? Frankenstein. And you get Frankenstein in the Frankenfurter outfit, and then you'd have Frank and Frank and the fishnets. They could be the Fishnet 4. <laughs> TweakedAudio.com. Is- That's who's bringing us this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for supporting this episode. And thank you, listeners, for supporting Tweaked Audio. Uh, they've got some great headphones, some great earbuds. In ear or just, you know, just tuck in the ear. Not those. They have some that are plugged down into your ear canal. Mm-hmm. But these have great audio performance. They have a great microphone. In fact, a pair of Tweaked Audio headphones saved our audio during the, uh, the VIP cast uh, this past weekend. Did. Built-in microphone. Love it. And listeners, you can head over there to Tweaked Audio and check out all the different styles, all the different colors that they have of those Tweaked Audio headphones. You can pick them up today. And when you use the checkout code MAJOR, you're going to get 30% off the price. 30% off for a pair of headphones that sound great, look great, are great. TweakedAudio.com. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of Major Spoilers. Okie doke. Let's talk about The Last West Volume 1. You know, when you hear the title, The Last West, 
It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the end of the West. Mm-hmm. This is the end of the time period. And it does start off in 1945 at White Sands, New Mexico, um, when they're getting ready to ch- test the first nuclear bomb, the nuclear bomb called Jughead. Um, and so you're thinking, oh, this is going to be the kind of the end of this era. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that I've talked about before where, you know, the world kind of changed with the introduction of uh, science and the atomic bomb. We moved away from magic in the old West to sci-fi space adventures. And so I think, oh, this is a story about the last West, but this is not, this is an alternate history tale of what happens if that nuclear test was not successful. And what ends up happening is world war two continues for 60 years. Uh, it's still going in present day as, as far as the story goes. And the great grandson or the grandson of one of the scientists, the lead scientist at the nuclear test site is still trying to figure out why, why the bomb didn't go off. It was mm-hmm. supposed to, it would have been foolproof. But then he realizes, hey, there's a new guy. Something I didn't realize. There's this new guy called the West was there. And I need to track this guy down. And from the moment he starts a search on who this West guy was, his life gets turned upside down. And we learn about the history of the West family and the fact that this guy is the last West or what happened to the last West. So that's kind of the premise of this story. So first, let me ask. Do you guys like alternate history tales? Yeah, I yeah, I do. You do? Yeah, I do. Uh I mean uh oh crap, lost the name of it. What's the thing from Image? What's the all the scientists and the the oh, Manhattan Manhattan Project. Project. Yeah. Project is an alternate history kind of tale and that's uh, I enjoy that a lot and there's a lot of different stuff. Uh, I think it's fun. Do you like alternate history tales, Rodrigo? Uh not necessarily. I mean like not automatically. Mm-hmm. I like them based on their kind of worth as a story with the, um, like, I, I and, and a lot of the stuff that I read or, or watch or listen to, I have kind of, like, I, I just kind of work out a point system a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like zero points if it's an alternate history story. It doesn't matter. Right, right. right. But it's points against if it originates in World War Two. Oh, okay. Because so that is so is- easy. So, yes, this has points against from the get-go. Well, yeah, and maybe it is a little bit origins in World War II because that's where the story mm-hmm. takes place, although we find out that this kind of takes place over hundreds of years sure, regardless. Sure. Um, for me, it's a really different because in this alternate history, because the bomb didn't go off, essentially all science and advancement of technology stops. Mm-hmm. So we're in, you know, 2014. Right. And people are still driving Packard automobile type cars. <laughs> uh, there is a Google... Uh, yeah. type uh, search where you phone. call over the phone and an operator takes down all the information and then they give it to their uh, one of their search engines, uh, these uh, master uh, search guys who go out and do all the research for you, compile it together and then present you a report. And it's just, it's really kind of weird. Because, and I had a tough time when it was like present day. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, what, this still no, looks like it's 1940s. And yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, Something that is surprising, and it might be positively or negatively surprising. Like I thought it was good. Like yeah, yeah. you know, it jumps to pre- like it's like okay, nineteen forty whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like then it jumps to present day, and people are wearing like fedoras yeah, and, yeah. and and you know, kind of like these white suits mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like oh, okay. So it's like when they say present day, it's like it's the fifties. Like this yeah, book yeah, is yeah. set in the fifties, so they're yeah, like yeah. present day, and mm-hmm. then like. 
when like really when I see like the Google analog, I was like, right. oh, oh, okay, that's oh, all right, all right. I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. It took me a minute. I'm here. It, I just got here. Let's, it, let's keep no, going. It, let's it go. took me a minute too. It took yeah. me a minute. It took to me. really figure it out because I was like, what? Oh, long time. Yeah. It took you the whole book. Matthew, <laughs> do you like it? And I was like, oh, okay. I see what we're doing here. Do you like yeah. alternate alternate history tales? Because that's what this book is. I do up to a point, And I think that point comes when you have to know the minutia of the history mm-hmm. to really appreciate it. There's a series that I used to love, uh, Captain Confederacy, which is hard to love because it's an alternate universe where the Confederate states were never defeated. So immediately you have that, you know, the unfortunate implications of that. But it gets to a point in that series where important plot points hinge on you knowing which Confederate general did something. Right, right. right. And that's which kind is of, problematic. For and that's kind of the thing that goes on here, too, is there are a lot of homages to historical events and to mm-hmm. pop culture references that you should know. At one point, Stephen West's mother strikes the 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 Rosie to the riveter pose saying you know we can do this mm-hmm. um at another mm-hmm. point um they're making reference to um Stephen West's grandfather um who's died Jim, West. Jim yeah Jim West and she's like Desperado. we have to carry on hope we have to hope for change and she's painted a picture of him very much like the Obama mm-hmm. uh hope uh picture that's there and so you kind of have to know that the the whole Graham search um company right is mm-hmm. you have to know google and and know those kinds of things so there's all those kinds of things sprinkled throughout and uh one of the west's i don't think it's jim is it steve west i forget which west meets poe and right. Alan poe po and, 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 and all those guys and yeah. uh so yeah it's it's you kind of have a little bit of reliance kind of ah uh, in the know but that also kind of serves as an interesting turning point in the story now th- this story is not complete this is only like the right, first half right. of the story yeah. uh so there's a volume two the 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 what is it the sixth issue i think comes out next month mm-hmm. but um which strangely i think the sixth issue is the only issue that's actually the the yes. properly numbered oh, issue. yes yeah. yes yes because <laughs> it, it counts down backwards yep. so issue one is actually number which 10 I, right really which well, i first opened the book and i get it and it says chapter 10 i said this oh. book is backwards. Why is it in like manga <laughs> format? See that. Go to my settings. Oh, nice. And then, nice. Uh, nope. And then it just counted down. And then I thought I kind of like it. Well, because it starts off with the whole countdown of the bomb. It's a, first. It's a really, right. it's a really smart yeah. idea. But I had a similar issue where, like, yeah. where we got the book, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. "Oh, they send me the second volume by accident." Right, right, right. We're supposed to be reading right. volume one. Yeah. Right. And this is uh, who is this? Alterna is yeah. the the publisher of but, this. But once one again. Kind of like the alternate history moment where you're like, oh, that is present day. For me, when you realize that it's a countdown, mm-hmm. you do have mm-hmm. that sudden moment of like, oh, this is actually a really good idea. Yeah. Right. And I never, have you ever seen this done before? I've, I never ever encountered it anywhere. Um, where like the chapter's I've seen, countdown? I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen Watchmen thing. did it on the covers with right, the countdown right, right, to, right, to right. midnight. Yeah. Um, One of the volumes of The Invisible started with issue 12 and counted down to oh, issue. Oh, interesting. I just thought it was it, it, uh, weird because I th- thought about like reading a novel where you're going mm-hmm. up in chapters. You don't, unless you like look at the table of contents all the time, you kind of forget how many chapters are in the book. So you right. don't know mm-hmm. if you're getting to the end. But if you're counting down chapters, like, oh, this is totally well, but hopefully, yeah, you know, as, a culmination of everything. Hopefully as the series progresses, because as we count down, the intensity and the action in these first five issues gets 
really intense yeah, and starts yeah. to intensify. So and 10 is kind of laid back and leaves you scratching your head in a 10 second countdown. You've got, ah, we got 10 seconds left. Huh. And then mm-hmm. nine comes along and it's like, hey, okay, something, things happening. And there's like, this then is, this by is the great time you to, get to six, you're like, oh my God. It is great to talk to, to about this book uh, with people who work in television yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, can go, I can go out and get coffee in 10 seconds. I gotta run to the bathroom. I'll be right back <laughs> before still, we hit one. We're, yeah. still, we're still playing catch with the football at 10 seconds when we do football. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's what's really interesting about this tale is the Elder West has started just kind of tracking points in his history and throughout the family's history. And he's come to this conclusion that anytime a West is involved in anything, bad things happen. You know, he uh, saw which direction the stock market was going. And so he made this grand announcement that he was going to sell all of his stock, you know, a week before the stock market crash in 1923. His uh, father did something. He sees what's going on with his sons at uh, who are Pearl in Pearl Harbor. And he's just like, our kids are there. Our son was there. He knew that these uh, Japanese bombers were coming in and they did nothing about it. So he gets this weird notion in his head that it's the West family because of their just involvement in history. They're the ones that are causing carnage. And so he makes, makes the decree that he's taking all their wealth and the entire West enclave is just going to – hole up mm-hmm. and disappear and just erase themselves off the map. Um, they sell the West family bourbon uh, distributors, um, which he started as a bootlegger and they just go into hiding. And, and the weird thing is Stephen West's mother s- suddenly in this seclusion starts to have this weird, I don't know what it is, uh, power. She, she yeah. really what's happening is she's type tapping into the zeitgeist of what would have happened if they not, if right. they wouldn't have retreated from history, mm-hmm. and so she's doing, she's inventing computers and a lava lamp, and she's doing uh, developing circuitry and cars, and she's just doing all of this stuff that would have happened normally. That, sh- that should have happened. Yeah, that should have happened, but she's doing it out of sight, out of mind, down in a cavern in, mm-hmm. that they've that they've created for her, and she's just nonstop working herself to death. Mm-hmm. And it's the yeah. weird kind of, it's the weirdest part of the uh, it's the weirdest part of the book for me to grasp because on the one hand it almost feels like magic, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. she's channeling magic, but on the other hand, it's almost like she's channeling the zeitgeist of what would have been. Well, and and right. and, and and I think the 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 thesis of the book is that the the very presence of a West family member mm-hmm. causes these things to happen. You know, they like they're not the ones that invented. It wasn't like he wasn't a scientist. Like there wasn't right, a West right. who was a scientist who invented the atomic bomb. Right. It's just like his presence there was causing things to actually and would function have, and happen, and would it's, have right, caused right, a right. lot of and death. Since, and since he wasn't there, right, the bomb then, then things were wrong. So, right. so, so I, what I think what the book is getting at is that since she's the only one who has contact with them, it's like all of that energy that they just seem to generate is focused on her. Yeah, right? yeah, which is, which is really crazy. And, and, and it's, really, it's really interesting to me because I was half hoping that they were wrong, that like oh, this uh, guy, that this guy <laughs> was just insane. Like it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're yeah. a freaking really influential family in the United States. Well, it's, it's like, like saying, the Kennedys. Yeah, it's like yeah, saying sure. there's been a Kennedy at the center of every scandal. Is like there has been, <laughs> but it's not magic. They're no. just rich and politically powerful, <laughs> right? And sexy, well, right? You know, well, some of them. Well, but in the in the case of the West, though, it's real interesting because the father makes the elder West makes the mistake of saying we're the ones that are causing all of this destruction without mm-hmm. realizing that 
out of the destruction comes right, right. progress. Right. And so everything just halts and it creates this really weird, weird world. Right. And that's the, that's the most difficult part for me because as someone, you know, at one of my favorite alternate reality stories, and I've said this before, Marvel's old what if series, mm-hmm. you get what if something were even slightly different. The answer was 80% of the time, everyone, everyone dies, dies screaming. <laughs> and the, the thing that that what that really does is that implies that history is somehow right as it as it as it you know rolls out and that somehow this is all destined to have meant to have happened and any other way is wrong and terrible and horrible. And I think that 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 underlying premise kind of bothers me because as much as I like the idea, I really like the idea, especially the parts where mom is, you know, flipping out and creating things painting pictures of things that, you know, have not happened, but probably should have and creating all of this stuff. It's the indication that somehow this alternate world, the story that we're reading isn't as important as the reality that it should have been. And so my mind is like, okay, are we going to get to the point where they change this all back to normal or quote unquote normal? <laughs> so, and then, you know, take the 10 chapters that we've read and render them sort of, you know, well, moot. so I think, there are a couple of things that I, that I found real interesting is the fact that we're seeing all of this technology and all this advancement happen right around um, Stephen West's mother. And I forget her name. I don't have the, the review copy open at the moment. Um, is it Mary? Maybe. But at one point, they're building this very, very long tunnel. Mm-hmm. And they come out and like, gee, Dad, why do you think Mom needs this giant long tunnel? And the first thing that popped into my mind is, oh, they're making a time tunnel. You know, from the old TV series mm-hmm. and, you know, the the solicitation for the book says one man, only one man has the power to jumpstart the world again. But he must grapple with one of the most important issues of our time. What is the price of progress and is he willing to pay for it? Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me if this turns into some time travel that here's, his mother invented a time machine and they never used it. Here's kind of what I just thought of at the moment. So we end this 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 block of the story with the last West piling all the dynamite to blow up yeah, yeah. all of the creations right. because Something. people uh, are finding out about people are it. trying to find out about it and they find out all the progress with all the stuff mm-hmm. she made then it will be bad yeah so um, he blows up all the stuff 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 happens do you think this series will end with the atomic bomb blowing up ending the war? And then jump starting everything from there from now. So there's an interesting there's an interesting bit in the back of the book, and this is only in the collected trade. Apparently there was a whole scene taken out of um issue one mm-hmm. where um the great grandson or the I'm sorry, the grandson of the scientist of the nuclear bomb test, um, he's confronted by the dean of his school, and it turns out that he's being accompanied by an undercover Russian person. Right. And the Russians are after that little part that made the atomic bomb work so that they can be the first to jumpstart the arms race right. and in the war and have all of that progress happen to them. Mm-hmm. So when I read that, that really kind of changed the dynamic of the story because now it makes me wonder what mm-hmm. is going to happen later sure. in the story. Um, right. But at this point, I don't know. I'm intrigued to find out what happens next. Yeah. I want to see how the story resolves. Are, so are you happy to take out that? That scene, because I think I am. I, I think it turns it into more of like a weird spy thriller. Yeah, thing. kind of. Well, we've seen it, a lot political before. pot boiler. Yeah. it feels well, but it, it feels very melodramatic and very 
born identity. Yes, absolutely. And somehow out of the the tonal scope, I guess I should say, of the rest mm-hmm. of what we're seeing. Well, because but not, the but story not by, doesn't. But not by too much, though, because the West have paid the Green family to basically cover up all of their tracks throughout history. And if anybody starts poking around, you have to take actions to stop that. And so when Mr. Page starts doing the Graham search on the West family, the the Greens have him killed. And then they're going after the uh, the scientist's grandson. I can't remember his name. I think it's Weisenheimer or something like that. Something like that. Um, but, you know, if, uh, there is this whole we're going to chase this guy down and kill him mm-hmm. issue, too. So we've actually got two different storylines of two different families Three families, if you want to count the Greens as part of this, that are all intertwined and are about to collide at some point down the road. And again, I find this fascinating. Uh, And I didn't think I was at first. I was like, oh, this is about the nuclear bomb and mm -hmm. the end of magic and everything. And turns out it's a totally different story than what I thought it was going to be. And I kind of like it a lot. What do you hope for next, Matthew, in this in this series? Well, I try not to hope for things, but if if the story ends without resetting this reality to normal and a big, uh, I'm glad that's all back to normal and everything is good and fine, I think I'll be happier. If it does that, and it does that effectively, I'm not saying that won't be an effective ending, but I feel like there's a lot of fascinating stuff in play here. And when it comes to, you know, an alternate history... I prefer when a writer can commit to it, even if it means something tragic. And, you know, I I understand that a lot of times these things end badly because what's the point of doing an alternate history if you can't, you know, I don't know, kill Hitler or whatever it is that Rod Serling was doing back in 1959. But I'd like to see an ending where not necessarily an explanation – because explanations are, are seldom as satisfying to read as they are to write, but where all of the things that they put into motion here actually mean something. And it doesn't just, you know, reset back to 1941. The bomb goes off. Dr. Wittenheimer says, I am become death. And then all of a sudden it's 2014 and all's right with the world. Yeah. I kind of hope that it, it isn't, let's go back in time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's somebody's going to, to, by the end of this series, detonate a bomb. Yeah. And then that's going to start the march of progress. Uh, the but march of who, progress. Who ends up doing that and how it's going to do it, I think, is the adventure that I want to want to read. Right? By the way, mom's name is Elizabeth. There you go. Uh, what am I hoping for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not hoping for anything in particular. I mean, I'm not really all that into this book. So to to like... Uh, the only thing I could hope for is like a full like 180 yeah, <laughs> of yeah. some kind. It's like it's like why is mom building this tunnel? Oh, dinosaurs. No, like maybe you. you know. It's like oh, this is where she keeps her killer robot, yeah, and yeah. then like the whole rest of the of the thing is. Just I mean, it's about not it's robots. not too crazy because you know in one scene we see um, as he's walking through uh, the sub basement, there's a ray gun sitting there on the counter. Uh, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, in in alternate history you can get into a lot of problematic notions mm-hmm. um and there's those some of those are present here um there's also i also have a few issues with kind of the presentation of some of the things like i'm not crazy about the fact that we're introduced to a, a family through a character who then is the only 
black character that we see and he becomes subservient to the white family who are the protagonists. Yeah. I mean, right down, like, he's like, he like saves a black guy and then he like becomes his Chewbacca for the rest of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so does the whole yeah. family. I'm just, I'm really not crazy about that. Um, and again, there's kind of like the issue that, you know, well, but, like, you know, the question that comes up is this and it's not touched on, which, you know, I kind of thought some of the things too is if progress stops, does that also mean that you didn't have yeah. the rights? It's in there. Mm-hmm. Riots? That's, it's, there's a lot of subtext in there about that. I mean, especially and when I we're think, in present day and there's only well, one girl in the college. Well, there is. Um, but again, that's one of the problematic aspects because you could say, oh, well, you know, if that doesn't happen, then um, then, yeah, everything stops and stalls. But that's kind of this idea that again like you said history can or or like was said history can only happen one way progress can only come from one Mm -hmm. direction Mm -hmm. like if you know what what would have happened is if the americans hadn't gotten the nuclear bomb then the germans or the russians would have right right and then then, and then that's what history would have been Mm -hmm. like this idea that only the americans could have put together the the nuclear bomb is false you know that the the americans got to the moon first but then the russians got there right after right right, like and it's it's also this problematic idea as you see it back in history of like um these ideas that like the the like the americas were colonized because of like superior technology and and things like that right? right like um, only through this was like progress achieved, and when you look into these histories, it's really not true, right? Well, I th- but the question though in this case isn't, oh well, um, equal rights would have only been achieved had we done the n- nuclear war. Yes. No, I think right. the bigger question you have to ask yourself is, if the war was still going on for sixty plus years, mm-hmm. would there mm-hmm. have been as much attention <clears throat> being paid to equal rights? Um, well. As opposed to we've got to win the war, because if you look at well, considering I mean, the, the country's still in a very big depression. In this considering case. that being a horrible racist was so, one of the central right, tenets right, right. of the Nazi party, I would I would imagine that <laughs> it would be more likely that civil wars would have been farther along than it is now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe would have had yeah. three black presidents by now. Maybe. Um, yeah. But like, it also the other thing that seems to come out in this is that. This war is continuing as the War of the Pacific because the Nazi Party is not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mentioned mm-hmm. at all in this. So, you know, there were really two parts of World War II. There right, was right. the European uh, War Either. and then there was the War of the Pacific in, in, in that arena. And they were two very different things. By the time, sure. you know, we had stepped in, Hitler was already – the Nazi Party was already starting to falter, especially with the Winter Front uh, towards right. Moscow right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those kinds of things. So – yeah, that stuff's not touched on here, and at least not in this part of the right, book, because, right. because it's really focusing because it's on... it's a book about that family. Right, it's really focusing on Green and his it's, his wife and, and the, the kids that come uh, from that. I mean, there's a lot of things there. that are not unanswered, but there are questions that you're right, sure. the that do have to be asked as, you know, did they finish up? You know, is there an equal rights? Do, mm. do women have... No. Um, do women have the same power? And I got the I the feeling that no, there was not a women's lip movement uh, that happened in this alternate universe because everyone was too focused on the war effort. Hmm. One of the one of the artifacts that Mom has uh, isolated from the other world is the 
iconic image of the little girl from the Brown versus Board of Education. Yes. Yes. Uh, fight. Yeah. This is something, though. And I think it's, it's a legitimate, not necessarily criticism. It's kind of that that story point like you get in Avatar where you have that the the one great white hunter come in and mm-hmm. teach the indigenous people the right way to do this. Right. There there definitely could be some implications of that here that you know West is the only person who can bring things back to what was right and make sure that all of these poor unfortunates well, you know, and, get and what I mean they, yeah. for, forget forget the the literal read of it thematically mm-hmm. that is what's happening mm-hmm. like only yeah. through the innervation intervention of this dude and mm-hmm. his family do does progress happen like whether it involves him just being there or whether he actually manufactures things to do it or whatever um and it's really again just sort of if you look at the themes it's yeah. really telling that um this this family sequesters themselves the, like these like the west men sequester themselves no it's the whole family not and, just the men um, and i'm getting to it but it's a woman that then mm. begins to like create all these things like it, it's like they're the catalyst for it and she's the mouthpiece it's not like she's not a genius she's just like the like the symptom of it mm. You know, I mean, that's that's in a lot of ways what that says to me. Just kind of like, again, this is not something that the book is obviously not explicitly trying to say. But I think it's interesting that the book focuses on the West men and the one that and like it's kind of like the microcosm of their impact on society is felt through a woman. Mm. I mean, it's an interesting it's an interesting take. I think the bigger part of it, though. If you want to look at a bigger question is what part do you, Rodrigo, play mm-hmm. in progress and history? Right. And I think that that but, is what that's what the Elder West assumes rightfully or not rightfully. I mean, right. just because the bomb d- didn't go off, it doesn't mean that everything else that they would have done in the future would have had any kind of impact. Really? The, the universe pretty much backs it up that he's right. Well, the universe within the but book. I think that at the at one point, Stephen West is understanding or uh, Stephen West's father is understanding that his dad is insane and caused all this and he's powerless to do anything about it. Mm. And so we also see that both from the West family starting to rebel about this isn't right. This shouldn't be happening. But we also see it from the Green family who are like, look, this has been going on for generations. Dad, we are done with this. Yeah. We are not yeah. going to do this anymore. This is not right. This is not how it's supposed to be. So there is that inner you know, turnaround of saying, hey, wait, this needs to change. This isn't correct. This isn't right. This isn't right. Um, but I think there is that idea of you know, what part do you play in history? And you know, some people would say, oh, well, you don't play any part in history. But do you? I mean, that yeah, kind of sure. goes into the chaos theory of, if a butterfly flaps its wings, what kind right. of impact sure. will it have right. in causing a tornado somewhere or yeah, a hurricane? And, it does. and, it does. and just, you know, on a personal level, if you think about where you are now and you think about all these small decisions that just you made right. or the small decisions mm-hmm. that someone else made that affected you and got you to where you are now. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, every person, even if they don't impact world events in an in a, in an easy way, like right. in a, in a visible way, mm-hmm. you're impacting the people around you, which then in turn does impact. You know, That's when right. we look at like stuff like uh, 
things that people within a generation have in common, right? It's like millennials, they're like, want everything, we want everything now, and we are very willing to pay for convenience and all these blah, 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 all these things that are different from, uh, you know, like the 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 youngest baby boomers which mm-hmm. are, are our parents um it's like th- those two are very different but they're because of that because right. of the way that our parents were right. is right. the way that we are right and they are all very <clears throat> similar because of how their parents were and mm-hmm. because of the things that shaped them mm-hmm. so and i think you do see these trends well, but, and these I trends mean, are all are, made of like tiny individual right, particles but there are little individual things so sure. for example uh, back in 2001, uh, summer of 2001, maybe two, um, I had the choice. Aaron. I I had the choice. <laughs> I could stay in my apartment all weekend and do nothing, play on the internet, or go down to the Grand Canyon, right? And mm-hmm. spend a week down at the Grand Canyon doing whatever, okay? At the last minute, I was all ready to go to the Grand Canyon. At the last minute, I said... I'm not, eh, I, I'm just not going to go. If I had gone to the Grand Canyon, we would not be sitting here right now. Sure. I promise you that. Sure. So one, one change like that did have a big impact in your life and mm-hmm. Rodrigo's life and Matthew's life and everybody's life uh, who gets something out of major spoilers because of that one little decision. Sure. Now, but am I saying a- that I'm controlling the world? No. But See, if you make a decision and Matthew makes a decision and Zach makes a decision right. and everybody else makes all these little decisions that have a culminating effect. In sure. the case of the entire West clan, women and men all retracting from society and Stephen West being the last West. Yeah, that energy does kind of focus through the mother to the son. Mm-hmm. And I think he is going to be the, one of these people that has to make that decision is what I decide will have a major impact on on the world if – that theory is is correct. But, that but he is the, the theory is not the everything. same. You're not saying the same thing that the book is. Right, right. You're no. saying one man's choices can affect everything. Right, and, and that's what happens here. One man's choice only, affects everything. No, the book is saying only right. this man's choices affect anything. Well, right. but that's the part society, that hasn't been proven out yet. stops but that's if the, part the West that hasn't aren't been, involved. But that's the part that hasn't right. been proven out yet. Sure. But that is what the book is implicitly I, I, I saying. Think, I think that's, that's what the Elder West is implying. No. That's, the, like, society stops at, like, 1947. Mm-hmm. Like, it just stops. It's 2000 and whatever, right, whenever the book day, came out. Um, but we're still using rotary phones. Mm-hmm. I think the book, if it's, like, this, if this isn't a, its thesis, yeah. then it needs to go back to school and... and Try to get a different <laughs> we, career we have because this is exact. This is what the book is saying. Yeah, we the have book a chosen saying, one. If it's not for the yeah, well, but again, we don't know how the book's going to turn out. So that's, it could turn out to be true. Could turn true. out to be they could, they could turn yeah, they could turn around and say, "Oh, we were wrong all along," mm-hmm. and then have a really good explanation as to why I just read all, <laughs> what seven but, issues, six issues, five issues. Yeah, to lead you, you down that path to set up this expectation that right, 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 he is the one, right. Yeah. But they'll have to justify why we spend all that time in story setting this up as what they're showing us. I mean, you have to stand behind your thesis. And if this story ends with, oh, well, maybe our thesis was wrong all along, teehee, I feel like they'll be doing themselves a serious disservice. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a good ending 
for the story. Well, but we that don't I've know what the ending's going to be, so there's but no the point ending in that you just suggested to me. No, I've suggested time tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I suggested the time travel. That you just suggested to me time travel implies that only one man will ever make a difference. And well, but we don't know that, that because I said there's three different family stories that are going on. You and they're cannot all take in both some way. sides on this argument. I can say this time is, travel and one man will go back and change is, that. Time travel is not an answer. What, what I'm time saying travel's is travel is not we, an answer. Yes, it is an answer. We have read six chapters here. Five chapters. And some of them, some of them are quite good that lead to the expectation that only this man can save, change, whatever, the universe. And whatever he's going to do is either going to succeed or fail by the strength of these five chapters that we've read. So I'm good with that. And I'm not necessarily saying that if it goes somewhere that I expect, it's a bad thing, or that if it doesn't go where I expect it, it's a bad thing. But we cannot deny the premise that's been set up here. We cannot deny the implications of that premise. And we cannot deny that it leads us to the conclusion that only Stephen will be able to fix the universe. And I think that however well, we get there, see, and again, I don't know how it's going to end. That's the part that that is the flaw, because we've been introduced to two other major players in this book, sure. Weisenheimer and Green. Wittenheimer. They're going to play a big part in this tale as well. Sure. And if that means sure, that sure. all three of them have to work together to get this right, or two of them have to work together to get this right, or whatever... It's going to be the more last, than one person that's involved in the change the of the last, story. But the last image of this volume is Stephen by himself, literally walking well, into the sunset to save the world. Dogs don't count. It's it's I mean, it is the the big hero moment that we're going to see. Now, I don't know where it's going next. But again, I don't think that we can walk away from the expectation that has been set up from this by reading this book. I think we have an expectation that he's the only one who can fix things. Now, that is not in and of itself a bad thing. Tropes are not bad. But I don't see a way that you can read this book and interpret it as anything other than this man has sure. to save the world from its, its current state. There's Weisenheimer can also assist in this. And that's more than one person. Mr. Green Where is he? can help in this. He's in New York. He's being chased down by the Greens. He's trying to figure out what's going on. Okay. You know, if you follow more than half of this book, you guys forget more than half this book is following Green and uh, Westfall on their journey. Very little time is actually spent with Stephen West in yeah. this book. Well, Very little time. time. Yeah. More of this book is spent with Jim West. No, the or in the past. West, in the past. In the past. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So, but, but it's still. So, but, if you, but, but listen, but see, well, let exactly, me finish. Let me finish. Go ahead. If Stephen West goes in and saves the day and the rest of the story is all about him. You have dangled those other characters out there with no resolution. Right. And that is bad storytelling. Right. Now, I'm going to bet that this is not bad storytelling to that extent. Now, sometimes it works in the case of Psycho with Vivian Lee uh, or Janet Lee. Um, but in this case, I think we're going to see those other two characters playing a major role in the rest of this story. Sure. Uh, but uh, the majority of this book was basically spent... Setting, setting up, up a premise the fact that yes a theory if the wests are involved then the mm -hmm. world changes for the best like uh, basically if the wests are involved history continues forward if they're not things stagnate 
I mean, that is basically the premise of this right. book. Right. By the time we get right. to the end, it's pretty solid. And it's pretty solid that there's some sort of supernatural aspect. As yeah, and that's the part that's not, and that's not right. the part that's, that's been resolved that's yet either. Clear. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. But, the, I mean, it, it's, it's the Barney Stinson argument. The book is called The Last West. Mm-hmm. The book is about The Last West. And I think, you know, again, I'm not arguing against you. I'm simply saying that, you know, saying that other characters help him in his quest does not change the fact that it, it is clear that he's the one who's got to do this. And if you create a story with that premise, you have to accept and at least deal with. And they, they did an OK job of making it implicit in the story that the negative consequences of the world freezing in 1945 are there. They're subtle and they're not dwelled upon, you know, and it's certainly not something that we're hit over the head with to the point where it would be offensive, but they are there. And if you choose to read into that, you can definitely see that, you know, this world as it exists is not, you know, a a pleasant place and that at that our expectation, the regular real one is saying that this world is a good place. It's just the world. I mean, yeah, it's just the world that they're in now. Yeah. And. I don't, th- I don't think that West, if if his actions end up setting a bomb and putting us back in motion of trying to get where we are now, I think it'll be completely against his will mm-hmm. because he was raised with "you are bad, mm-hmm. you are a horrible person. If you get out, bad things are going to happen. You shouldn't be around people at all." I mean, he's willing to destroy all of his mother's uh, work that she did for her entire life. Uh, because someone might find out who he is and might see all this weird crap that no one really knows what it's for. So, uh, so I don't. I mean, this thing he's a hero in this book. I don't really think there's a hero because, um, it just seems like a kid who got raised by parents who, to him, were completely logical, but we're giving him a fact that you are wrong and you're what, what we are bad people essentially. So we have to protect the world from us. So if something bad happens, he'll just be going along with that. So it would be completely against his will, I think. Isn't refusing the call one of the absolutely necessary stages of the hero's journey? It's not absolutely necessary. Um, You know, when you look at the hero's journey, these are um, things that pop up more often than not. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But they're not absolutes. Do you like the art? I thought it was okay. I did. Um, the only the only issue that I had with it is that, and this is more of a design thing, is like sometimes multiple people are wearing white suits. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. there's not like again if if they're wearing a white suit and a hat and one of them isn't like super fat or short <laughs> or something like that is like sometimes I couldn't tell who yeah, I was yeah. looking at. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's the only issue. And, if, yeah, and I think it's weird, because there's some you know, weirdness in. I mean, yeah. and again, we have to really look at the whole world because. Everybody's wearing school uniforms, but the uniforms seem to extend a little bit past just the school. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got your covert people. You've got your uh, Graham search people, which always wear white, um, or the people at the Graham agency, the Google, uh, wear white. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some interesting things going on, but I can see how you can get uh, really turned around on that. Um, very easily. Because mm-hmm. it it's, it's, again, it's not a straightforward comic book art style it's got some roughness to it it's got some again like i was mentioning earlier it's kind of got a 30 days of night kind of water colory kind of treatment to it 
um, reminds me of early period Valiant from the first Valiant run in 1993, 94. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There are parts of it that actually remind me of Mark Bright, who did Quantum and Woody, Mm, mm -hmm. which is interesting as well. And these are both good influences for me. Um, I like the fact that there's never a point where the art drags me out of the story by being particularly bad. Mm-hmm. And there are points where the art actually enhances what's going on. You know, there are little little hidden Easter eggs and things right, where you right. go, oh, hey, I know what that is. But it's never pointed out in the story. It's just there. It's it's an art bit that you can read into or not as necessary. Zach, what did you think of the art? I mean, I thought it was fine. I, I tried, I'm trying to mentally recall everything. And uh, it seemed non... Uh, like noteworthy to a point of I can't really recall what the style was to a point <laughs> of like it just seemed kind of standard. There wasn't anything mm-hmm. um, didn't draw attention. Yeah, to Yeah, didn't draw attention to itself. I think it was uh, which, it was which fine. overall it was is kind of is actually a positive quality. Mm-hmm. No, yes. so it was good. Yeah, yeah, it didn't it didn't detract from the story. So that's always nice. All right. Final thing for me is I enjoyed the story. I want to see what happens next. I think it's worth uh, checking out if you like an alternate history uh, world to see just how things might have been different and if they will ever be uh, corrected again. Matthew? Um, I love the fact that Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon is considered to be (laughs) one of the transformative treasures of the universe. I think that uh, aside from, again, and you can get this out of anything, if you think too hard about something, it will trouble you. Aside from some of the troubling implications, this is pretty strong storytelling, and I do want to know how it ends. I don't know that I'm going to you know, spring for individual issues, but if Volume 2 showed up in my inbox, I'd definitely read it. Okay. Rodrigo? Uh, aside from the problematic implications, I'm actually not interested in this, so <laughs> I'd give it a pass. All right. Zach? I really enjoyed this. Uh, I thought it was interesting. And uh, honestly, you said things that made me realize, oh, yeah, that's what they were doing with the whole hall and stuff. And they, um, you got to be kind of on your toes when you're reading this because there's a lot of characters there's, there's that a lot of stuff all have the same name. And if you forget, and they all look well, the same. Well, and they do look the same they because all look the same. <laughs> uh, Westfall, whatever his name is, Weisenheimer. Is the spitting image of his Heimer. is the spitting image right. of his grandfather yeah, right. when they jump to present day, and it's this guy's like. Yeah, does, yeah. does this guy not well, age? Well, and again, it's like when you, yeah, and again, yeah, when you yes. start when you start bringing in that there might be something supernatural involved, or you're you're like, so wait, is this the same guy and he just keeps mm-hmm. changing his name? Yes, that's what I thought too. Right, yeah, right. like the West was changing so, his name. So that yeah. is that is I, probably again a design aspect of the art sure. that could have been different. Mm-hmm. I Unless read Wittenheimer as as an in-universe uh, XB of Doctor Oppenheimer. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's supposed to be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I think this is this is fun, and uh, I think it's worth a read. Okay, cool. That is uh, the Last West Volume One. It's out from Alterna. You can also go pick up the individual issues on uh, on Comicsology. They're out now, and I think that'll wrap it up for this installment of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers Experience. Next week, something, 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 something. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do too, and we will talk with you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you have questions or comments, feel free to send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. You can follow Major Spoilers on Twitter, at Major Spoilers. Like us on Facebook and share your thoughts about comic books and pop culture by using the comment section on any post at Majorspoilers.com. 
got the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Wow, 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 wow What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2014